Missy Beavers was a mom of three daughters who lived in Midlothian, Texas. She was a fitness instructor for Camp Gladiator and was preparing for an early morning class at the Creekside Church of Christ on the morning of April 18, 2016. She arrived at the church around 4.20 a.m., and what she didn't know at the time was that there was an assailant that appeared to be dressed in tactical gear, wielding a weapon, already inside the church that morning. When Missy's students arrived for class less than an hour later, they discovered Missy gravely injured. What really happened that morning and who killed Missy Beavers remains a mystery to this day. I'm Ashton and welcome to The Haunted Corner. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Haunted Corner. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the murder of Missy Beavers. This one remains unsolved to this day. It's There's not a lot of information, and despite having actual surveillance footage of the alleged suspect, no one has been arrested for this murder. So let's get into it. Terry, also known as Missy Beavers, was born on August 9, 1970 in Graham, Texas. She married her husband, Brandon Beavers, in 1998, and the two had three daughters together. Missy was previously a special education teacher before staying home with her children after they were born. And at the time of her death, she was working as a fitness instructor for Camp Gladiator. According to the Camp Gladiator website, quote, CG believes in your ability to transform your body and your life. That's why our certified experts create full body workouts and nutrition coaching for you and your unique goals. We're here to help guide you, motivate, and celebrate your progress every step of the way, end quote. Missy taught Camp Gladiator classes for people in the community, which is something she was really passionate about. According to her husband, Brandon, Missy absolutely loved being a personal trainer and helping people was something she was extremely passionate about. Missy was really active on social media, often posting the time and location of her upcoming fitness classes on Facebook. She was teaching a Camp Gladiator class on the morning of April 18, 2016, and she had posted on Facebook the night before, which was a particularly stormy night that they would be having the class at the church, rain or shine, with the understanding that the class would be held inside if the weather was too bad that morning. Missy arrived at the church to set up for the early morning class around 4.15 a.m., and she entered the building through the front door at around 4.18 a.m. It should be known that there is no surveillance of the parking lot from that night. There were cameras in the parking lot, but they were not working at the time. There was, however, a fully functioning surveillance system covering the inside of the church and capturing the events from that night on camera. 
a small portion of the footage from the surveillance system has been released, but there's still a ton of footage that has not been released due to the ongoing investigation. Missy is seen on the unreleased footage entering the building at 4.18 a.m. What she didn't know is that at 3.50 a.m., caught on the church's surveillance system, was an intruder stalking the halls of the church in what appeared to be police tactical gear. This person had forced their way inside through a back door, so Missy had no way of knowing that the person was inside at the time. The intruder spent almost 30 minutes walking through the building, breaking glass, and looking in rooms before Missy arrived. Those who were attending Missy's fitness class that morning arrived shortly before 5 o'clock a.m. and discovered Missy, who had been attacked and was unconscious. She had suffered puncture wounds to her head and chest. Police and paramedics were immediately called, and they pronounced Missy dead shortly after arriving at the scene. Police believe that this intruder who was caught on camera is the same person who attacked Missy, but their motive remains unknown. Nothing appeared to be stolen from the scene. Missy was wearing her wedding ring, and she had an iPad as well as her purse on her, which were still at the scene. Surveillance footage shows Missy walking down the church hallways before her murder, although that specific footage has never been released to the public. The Midlothian police have also never revealed where Missy crossed paths with the intruder, but it is suspected that Missy was murdered shortly after she entered the church and near the front of the building, and that her wounds were consistent with the tools that the suspect was carrying at the time. Now let's talk about the surveillance footage. I will include a link to the footage on the blog post for today's episode so that you can check it out. It is absolutely chilling. The intruder was first seen on camera at 3.50 a.m. and is seen walking through the church, breaking glass with what appears to be some kind of a weapon, possibly a hammer. It's theorized that the suspect gained access to the building through the back door by breaking it in because both of the back door and one of the side doors were broken into. The suspect appears to be searching for something in the building and they are wearing what looks like SWAT gear from head to toe. They're wearing a black vest with police and white letters across it, black pants and boots, as well as a black helmet and black gloves. People have speculated about whether or not this tactical gear is real, as it is pretty easy to acquire the gear even if you're not in law enforcement, and it's pretty cheap too. It's not as expensive as you would think it would be. It also looks like they may be wearing some kind of utility belt, possibly holding more weapons. As the suspect is walking through the building, They attempt to enter a few doors and even try to pry a door open with a pry bar and a hammer, possibly. Around the 127 mark, the suspect opens a door and quickly realizes that that's the church's nursery because it's a two-part door with a top and a bottom part that both open, and so the suspect doesn't enter that room. It doesn't appear that the person is very familiar with the building or the layout, 
they're just kind of wandering aimlessly and looking in every room. It also appears that they're carrying a thin white box as they come out of the next room that they leave. This room was room 10 and it was the youth group room. And as the suspect leaves the room, you can see that they're carrying a thin white box, but as previously reported, nothing was stolen from the scene. So it's unclear what they were doing with that box or what it was. There also wasn't an alarm system in the church at the time, which makes people wonder if the suspect knew that ahead of time and had built this into their plan. Something else of note with the suspect is it's very clear that the suspect has a really unique walk and possibly a disability with their right leg. There's a YouTuber named Aaron Stoner who has covered Missy's case in some pretty great detail and he has some pretty compelling theories regarding the suspect. He makes a really good point in one of his videos about the suspect possibly having a prosthetic leg on the right, which would account for the strange gait and the suspect appearing to support themselves with the wall at times when they're walking. So the way this person walks has really garnered a lot of attention. And the person is estimated to be between five foot two and five foot seven. And the reason I keep saying they or this person is because we're still unsure of the suspect's gender. But police do believe that it is possible that the suspect could be a woman. The gender of the suspect is something that is widely debated on the internet. And the reason that people think it could be a woman is for a very specific reason, and we'll get to it. In 2021, the FBI asked Dr. Michael Nirenberg, a forensic podiatrist, to study the suspect's gait. Nirenberg stated that the person's gait is affected by the weight of the gear and the weapons, and that there is no relationship between the gait and gender. He concluded that the suspect's gender cannot be determined solely from their gait. So a lot of people had thought that because person in the video was walking so strangely that it could be possible that it was a woman wearing the gear and they weren't familiar or used to wearing that kind of gear and maybe the boots were a little bit too big which caused them to walk kind of funny. So that's one of the theories. Now around 2 a.m. surveillance cameras at a sports store about a fourth of a mile from the church captured what looks to be a 2010 to 2012 light-colored, possibly silver, four-door Nissan Altima driving around the parking lot. This car is moving very, very slowly throughout the parking lot and the person who is driving the car turns the lights on and off a few times and drives around the edge of the parking lot, almost as if to avoid getting super close to their surveillance cameras that are obviously in the parking lot. The person in the car eventually parks and stays in the vehicle for about three minutes. The vehicle then exits the parking lot at approximately 2.04 a.m. And it's really widely debated 
where this car came from and if this might be the suspect who was casing another building prior to going to the church. Who knows? It's, it's still not clear. So it appears, though, that this could possibly be a Texas license plate. It's really hard to tell because the surveillance footage is so grainy and it was also raining that night. But according to a still image released by police, there's a distinct sticker on the back of the car that police hope can help people identify the car. So it's theorized that this person could be the same suspect who broke into the church later that morning. And police have requested that the driver of the car come forward to explain their behavior that night, but they never have. After Missy's body was found, canines were brought in to search the church for evidence. There hadn't been a murder there in over seven years, and the Midlothian police struggled to identify a motive at first. Nothing appeared to have been stolen from the scene, so it really didn't appear as if this was a burglary in progress that Missy had interrupted. So was Missy targeted? Police began to believe that she was. The police also believed that the attacker wanted to make it seem like it was a burglary gone wrong. But why? Why would anyone want to hurt Missy and who would want to hurt her? Police began looking into potential suspects. They obtained search warrants for phone records for several people, including Missy's husband, Brandon, as well as both his parents. According to the search warrants, text messages between Missy and Brandon indicated that there were issues within the marriage with reports of infidelity and financial troubles. As always, they looked into her family members first, including her husband, Brandon. However, his alibi did check out. He was on an annual fishing trip in Mississippi and was confirmed to be there by eyewitnesses as well as hotel and car receipts. The day after she was murdered, Brandon spoke to the media and described how proud he was of his wife and that she was an amazing mother and a godly woman. He said that the last time he spoke to Missy was the night before she was murdered. He also mentioned something that struck me as a little bit strange. He described how Missy would text him every day for the last 10 months saying she loved him and to have a good day. They had been married for almost 20 years, so it just made me wonder, did something happen 10 months ago within their marriage that changed their relationship? It just seemed kind of strange the way he worded it. But eventually Brandon was cleared when his alibi checked out. Another person that the police looked into was Brandon's father, Randy Beavers. Suspicions were roused when a search warrant reported that four days after Missy was murdered, Randy brought four shirts to the dry cleaners, one of which was an extra-large woman's shirt that had a good amount of blood on it. The people who were working at the dry cleaners that day called the police to report it because everyone had known what happened to Missy and they knew that Randy was her father-in-law. So they did the right thing by calling it in. Randy would go on to give an interview to explain the blood on the shirt, 
by claiming that the blood came from a dog attack where their dog was attacked by another dog and ultimately died. When the interview was over, viewers noticed something unusual about the way Randy walked. And they kind of made the connection between the way he walked and the way that the suspect walked in the surveillance video. Ultimately, the blood was tested and proven to not be human DNA, and it was confirmed to be canine DNA. The vet for the family would go on to confirm the story of Randy, and Randy and his wife's phones both pinged in California at the time of the murder, so they were cleared as suspects as well. Now, along with the reports of infidelity comes reports that Missy was in communication with someone via LinkedIn and had sent some flirtatious messages in previous months. Ultimately, the person was interviewed and admitted communicating with Missy over LinkedIn beginning in January and up until the time of her death. And there were messages that ultimately turned flirtatious and familiar. Police were able to recover only a portion of the messages using cell phone data that had been deleted. The communications they recovered appeared to be intimate in nature. Another LinkedIn connection was that, according to a search warrant, a friend told law enforcement that less than three days before her murder, Missy had showed them a private LinkedIn message that she had received. The message was from a male that neither of them knew, and they both agreed that the message was creepy and strange. The friend told police that she couldn't recall the name on the account from which the message had been sent, though. The reports of infidelity and the theory that the suspect was possibly a woman definitely make sense. Was the suspect targeting Missy? because she had an affair with their spouse, possibly? Was, was she targeted for another reason? Was this just a break-in and a burglary and Missy interrupted it and that's it? We don't know and we may never know. The case eventually went cold and as of 2022, there's no new information regarding the case and police are still searching for Missy's killer. There's currently a $150,000 reward for any information that leads to an arrest and conviction in the murder of Missy Beavers. If you have any tips or information regarding this case, please contact the Midlothian tip line at 972-775-7624 or by calling Ellis County Crime Stoppers at 972-937-7292. You can also provide information about the case by texting MIDL to 847-411. And that is the murder of Missy Beavers. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope that someone is able to come forward with information that leads to an arrest in this case. Missy deserves to have justice and her family deserves the peace of knowing that the person responsible for taking her away from them is behind bars.
The sources for today's episode will be listed in the show notes and also on the blog post for the episode at www.thehauntedcorner.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For exclusive content, please join us over on Patreon. The very first exclusive Patreon episode, Cruise Ship Disappearances, is available now at the $1 per month level on up. If you join at the $5 per month level, you'll have access to upcoming episodes one week early, and you'll get an exclusive The Haunted Corner sticker after donating for three months, plus a lot more. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to tell a friend. And if you have a case suggestion, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.